Hey, Marshall. Hey, Elizabeth. Do you want to talk about Lost? Uh, definitely. Yes, good. This is the Jungle of Mystery podcast, and that's what we do here. This week, we're talking about Season 3, Episode 7, Not in Portland. Not in Portland. Which I think, but I'm not sure, but I think might be in my top 10 favorite Lost episodes. I don't actually have an official top 10 favorite Lost episodes, but I really should. <laughs> but That's I'm surprising pretty sure that to me. this one is in it. It's just because it like it changes so much. Well, that's fair. Yeah, you, do, like you I, talk about like every time you, you've rewatched it, it's kind of... Yeah, every every rewatch, I, like, kind of latch on to different characters, and that kind of makes me latch on to different episodes as my favorites. This one uh, is a big, I guess it's not explicit reveals, but they're, like... There's... Oh, there's a lot of big reveals yeah. in this episode, yeah. Yeah. There's one particularly big one yeah. that stands out to me, but yeah. we will talk about it. <laughs> So it was not a Desmond episode, which I hope wasn't disappointing. That was your guess. Uh, I forget week to week what I guess, so. <laughs> I was assuming you were going into it thinking it would be Desmond, but I realized you just forgot. No, I, I usually, I usually, it's been two weeks also. That's fair. Peer behind the cur curtain. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a Juliet episode, and holy shit, is it a good one? Yes, it is. Not, just not of all the characters that could have uh, been... I had an episode about definitely one of the ones I wanted. Oh yeah, she's like an what the hell is going on uh, with interesting Juliet? Interesting character, and we have like one of our classic misdirects on the show with her flashback sequence. So let's let's dive right in. Yep. We open on her sitting on a beach and crying, and so we just kind of assume she's on the island, right? <laughs> yeah, that was weird. Because, and also, she also passes Ethan. Yeah, she passes by a building that looks kind of other-y, right? It's kind of ominous looking and the lights are flickering and it looks kind of, like, utilitarian. When we find out that it's Miami, it makes sense because yeah. there's quite, quite a <laughs> few of those old, it's, late 70s uh, yeah, like exactly. condo complexes. It's it's either a Dharma bunker or Miami. <laughs> an apartment <Yeah>. in Miami. <laughs> Middle class um, Miami. Yeah, so she passes by Ethan. With long hair. He's... Yeah. He's all... I've never I've never looked at him and been like, oh, what a, what a, what a normal looking person. What a normal looking, looking guy. <laughs> yeah. Yep. What a nice looking fellow. Yeah. Sorry, actor that plays Ethan, but you've got... Maybe it's just because I only know you from this, but boy, oh boy, your face is unsettling. Yeah, he didn't get a good start with us uh, on the show. So it, it just makes him always look scary. Um, so we are introduced to Juliet's sister, Rachel. Rachel. She presumably has cancer, and Juliet is giving her some sort of treatment, which, did you put together, like, how early on did you put together what was happening? Did you remember that she's a fertility doctor, or were you like, what, what is she doing? Larissa reminded me. Um. Okay. I, I I did pause it several times trying to read the label on the little vial, but it, it I couldn't pick up anything. It just said like sample. Yeah. Unless there's something I missed, but I really did try to read. Right. 
So it's just an experimental fertility treatment. Yeah. But I think in the kind of first half of the episode, it's supposed to be a little bit like, maybe you're not really sure what she's doing. But that's what it is. So then we have this whole reveal. First, the reveal that it's her sister. She says, I'm not doing this as your doctor. I'm doing it as your sister. And then the reveal that they're in Miami. Yep. Everywhere is, Miami, is near Rachel. the beach. This yeah, is Miami. on the beach. Yeah. Super fun. I love when they do shit like that. There's a big plane that flies over. Yeah. <laughs> An oceanic plane. Did oh, you see okay. That? No, I missed that. That's our that's our airline. Uh, oceanic Airlines. Isn't there like a Will Smith song about... Welcome to Miami. Welcome to Miami. Yeah. I, d- <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, uh, there is. Okay. According to my wife, so. <laughs> Bienvenido a Miami. Anyways. All right. Yeah, I don't, I don't know that one. Um, what do you do now? <laughs> we see Juliet stealing more of this treatment from her her place of work. But she's interrupted by, we learn, her ex, also her boss, coming yeah, in boy. With, a, with a younger woman. Or just a woman? I don't know why I said younger. She's just a woman. She's just another woman. She's just another woman. woman. <laughs> yeah. She gets caught, like, ducking behind a desk, and it's super embarrassing. And it's a very good kind of... This scene is a very good insight into who she was pre-Island, right? She's yeah, super she... awkward and, like, apologetic. It's very weird. Of Yeah, and, like, he just really rubs her nose in it, like... He says, you know, he turns to his girl and he's like, Juliet's leaving now. And then he says, could you turn off the lights? Yeah. And she just kind of does this little awkward, like, I'm sorry, smile. And like hurries out of there with tears in her eyes and turns off the lights. It's like, oh, no. Oh, this is Juliet. <laughs> yeah. It's like, wow. Okay. Juliet she's was like, kind of a sad like a sack. a mouse. Yeah. She's just so, so sad and, and can't stand up for herself. Reminds me a lot of... Pre-Island John Locke. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. I was about to say that. I was thinking, like, what other characters were real pushover sad sacks? Oh, John exactly. Locke. <laughs> Although he was also crippled, so I won't, like, you know, that that, that was part of it. So. Juliet's only weakness is that she's a woman. Am I right? Yep. <laughs> she's crippled because she got that ute. <laughs> Uh, I hope people who are listening to this understand that's a joke. After it they, was a joke, yes. I hope, I hope they under, after having listened to this show, hopefully we this isn't your here. first. Hopefully this isn't your first episode listening to this show. I haven't thought about that up to this point. We've had almost <laughs> five thousand plays, so maybe I should uh, think about maybe this is somebody's first time. <laughs> I am not a misogynist, but it is funny to say "ute" in reference to a uterus. So, oh boy, here we are. Mar- Marshall's over there sweating. <laughs> I sweat naturally, so that's just kind of <laughs> my my resting state is sweating. <laughs> Juliet is summoned by the other woman to see her boss, and she says, "Do you work here?" And the woman says, "I'm the new research assistant." And she says, "Of course, of course you, you are, are. <laughs> boy." So her ex knows that she's knows what she's doing and assumes that she's doing it to her sister Rachel. And he wants in on it, and he's essentially, like, low-key threatening her a little bit, right? He's blackmailing her, basically. I mean, yeah, he's he's blatantly blackmailing her. He's saying, you know, 
what you're doing is ethically questionable if anybody were to find out, especially if it doesn't work. But, you know, with my reputation, then that part will kind of go away and it'll just be seen as a success. In in our next flashback... Can I ask you as a person who has given birth twice? Sure. Do they g- give you shots right in the placenta? Like... I mean, I've never had to take fertility treatment, but I don't think so. <laughs> but like the, the the fact that she she gave her the this like experimental treatment right in her abdomen. Yeah, is that, that's like right? She I, I thought she was okay. Let's let's try this again. <laughs> Do they give you shots in the abdomen? At I never point? had to have one. No, I don't okay. know. The only people that I know who have ever had to take any kind of fertility treatments, it's usually like in the glutes. Right, because it's like a it's a, it's like a shot, like it's a regular yeah. shot that they give you. Yeah. Okay. I can't imagine. Okay. Anyways, that that, <laughs> that that was something I was like, oh, she's just like, like, oh yeah, if we put it closer to the thing, that makes it work better. Like I don't really know that that's other like the only time I can think of something similar to that is like that scene in Pulp Fiction where they stab Uma Thurman in the heart with the adrenaline. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I mean, it's it's unclear what she's actually trying to do with these shots um so i don't i don't know what it like what it is if she's trying to kind of i i don't know i can't talk about it without sounding like an idiot because i don't know (laughs) okay Um, well hey we're both in the same boat there (laughs) but anyway it makes it look more intense and serious yeah and apparently juliet is very good at what she does because it works well it works yes but also she is recruited oh yes she is recruited by Mr. Alpert of Middleos Labs. Middleos Labs. And he says he's pitching her this job in Portland and she's like this isn't for me. But then he has her look at these scans of a woman's uterus and she says it looks like, you know, a woman in her 70s or whatever. He says she's 26. So he offers her the chance to come and, like, figure out what's wrong with this woman, and he says, Is it true that you successfully impregnated a male field mouse? <laughs> and it's like, whoa. Like, she's she's apparently, you know... Doing some stuff. A, bi- a big deal, right? Yeah. So he says, you know, if you... She asks what happened to this woman on the scans, and he says, if I... If you come with me, you can have complete freedom and money to find out. But she says she can't. She says, my ex-husband wouldn't let me. He doesn't want me to have anything. He wouldn't give the okay. And Alpert is, like, trying to find out any way to get around it, right? He's like, anything we could do. And she laughs and says, if he were hit by a bus, how about that? That would work. (laughs) And then she starts crying. And she says, whatever you think I am, I'm not. I'm not a leader. I'm a mess. And she runs out of the room crying. Okay. There's a lot to uh, unpack in yeah, this, like, two-minute scene. My first question is, is the name Alpert something I should remember? Remember? Yes. Okay. Was it related to Desmond's father-in-law something or other? His, no. That's, no. That's Whitmore. Whitmore. Yeah. Okay. Alpert is not a name we've heard before, but it is a name we will hear again. Okay, my my question was, would it was it something I should have known? 
Oh, no, I'm sorry. I thought you asked if it was something you should remember. No. Uh, Remembered, I guess. Oh, right. No, it is not a name that you should have should have known already. Okay, I should have phrased that differently. Okay, so it's something <laughs> to keep in mind. Yes, it's a name to remember for the future. Okay. But not one that you've already heard. Right. We'll get to the, the kind of obvious part, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> is that Middleos is an anagram for either time lost or lost time. Yes. I don't know which one is which, but it's it, they're similar. I mean, e- yeah, either one. Yeah. Either the co- the concept, the implication is similar. Yeah. Uh and then there was also a thing I did uh <laughs> that turned out to be nothing, but I went in and you can I... use all of the lost numbers to through numerology uh calculate all of the corresponding uh numeric values to the letters in Middleos. You can get them from the lost numbers. So I don't know if that's anything, but you can do it if you want to. Uh, if you want to do that and then feel defeated and useless at the end of it like I did. Hang uh, on a second. All right. Hold on that. a second. <laughs> I'm being painted in a bad light here. It wasn't nothing. You did a good job. <laughs> that <better? laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> my- <laughs> that wasn't nothing. You did a good job. Okay. Anyways. So that, that it, it, the, the important part is the anagram, is that yes. it's time yes. lost or lost time. Yes, very good. And this, to me, is, I mean, this is, you know, I, I didn't take the time to try to see if I could connect it through numerology and, uh, you know, Nostradamus and all that shit to see if it relates to Dharma. But this has got to be like their recruitment thing. Like, this is their arm of, this is their, sure like, like it. military recruitment office, you know? Sure like, seems like it, yep. This, this is how they, they get people to come to the island, or the islands, or the, I don't, I don't know what to call it now, because there's more than one island, so. <laughs> the islands. <laughs> the islands. Yeah, especially given the, the end of the episode when he says, we're not quite in Portland. Yeah. We're quite remote. Yeah, well, yeah, well, of course, that whole thing, that yeah. guy, so first of all, her, like, ex-husband, very n- prolific character actor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's been in a bunch of stuff. Uh, anyways, I recognize him from from a bunch of different things, but, uh, and then also this other guy who does the presentation, Alpert. Oh, yeah, he's been in a lot. He's been in a bunch of stuff. He, he, he to, to me, he's like Billy Zane with more hair. <laughs> with all the eyeliner yeah but uh it, it was cool to see there's another actor we see in this episode which really i know i really made me freak the hell out <laughs> uh, well, we'll but get that's there. that's that's less that's yeah so is there anything else in this scene uh, there's her saying if he were hit by a bus <laughs> Well, right. Okay. Well, I mean, we get to that at some point. But, yeah, but yes. I mean, anyway, she... there. It's this. It's this organization that kind of seems like an obvious front for Dharma, right? Dharma, like you said, Dharma recruitment. Dharma not wanting to call itself Dharma. So in the next scene, she's telling Rachel that she decided not to take it. She says, "Why would I go all the way to Portland for research that doesn't even work?" And she says, "It does work. I'm pregnant." And then Juliet. When she tells her ex that it worked, he's like, oh, that's great. Let me get in on it. And she says she's not interested in publishing because it's her sister. And then he gets hit by a bus. 
Yeah, because he, he starts to basically say, okay, well, you know, fuck you, I'll do it myself. And right. then he gets absolutely mullered by a bus. He gets, he gets mean, mean girls. He, uh, as soon as she said that in the, the interview with Alpert, I was like, oh. Oh, he's going to get hit by a bus. He's going to yeah. get hit by a bus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Can we talk about that? He yes. got hit by a bus, Marshall. <laughs> yeah, he got, and let me tell you. Later, he looked pretty good for a guy that got hit by a bus. Yeah, he, he, he looked pretty, like, intact. Yeah, um, he wouldn't have been that intact. Not to <laughs> get into too much detail, but at that speed, there w- he would have been, you know, it would have been kind of like a collection of <laughs> of the man. <laughs> yeah. And not the whole man himself. I know they don't really do that for TV, but anyways, he, uh, yeah, I mean, she said, oh, haha, you know, only if he got hit by a bus. Right. So, the, something that came up while we were watching this was like, is this, uh, Larissa was like, is it like Walt? But I think, I think it's more that she oh, you was think talking. Maybe she, you think maybe she did it? No, I I think I mean the 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 idea is there that like maybe like it could right. have been that she manifested it, but I think it's because she was talking to someone involved in Dharma that they made it happen. Yeah, you're you're definitely supposed to to think that he made it happen for her, right? She suggested that this thing would be convenient for her, so he did it. <laughs> yeah. And whether or not he did it via conventional means or he did right. it via metaphysical means. Right. Yeah. We're not sure. But yeah, you're definitely supposed to think that he did it. Yes. Or that, or that they, or they did, it. did it. Yeah, they did it. Especially because <laughs> they show up at the morgue. Oh yeah. Which is so fucking weird. First, Ethan shows up, and she's like, "Do I know you?" And then uh, Mr. Alpert, Mr. Alpert shows up too, and she starts freaking out. She says, "He was hit by a bus." In our interview, I said I wanted to get hit by a bus, and he's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa." He says, this is just a tragic accident. You can't blame yourself. I don't even remember you saying that. That's my favorite part. I don't even remember you saying that. If I was her, I'd be like, I wasn't blaming myself. Yeah, I wasn't blaming myself, you fucking weirdo. (laughs) Also, I I don't... I'm not a morgue technician. There were like six or seven bodies out on tables. They just like, keep them on hand. Just like... I don't know, man. Well, we thought... we thawed these just in case we gotta check up on them. <laughs> it's like, wow, those are you got a lot, you got a lot of a lot of chickens defrosting there. <laughs> I'm not sure what the what, what kind of operation you guys are running here. But yeah, yeah they said, they show up and it's like, yeah, okay. Yeah, he shows up to recruit her again as she's like standing with her dead ex husband. He says, I know the timing is horrible, but we came here because we're that serious about you working for us. Could you be any more transparent? Yeah, seriously. But I wonder, like, you know, we're going to we're going to see more of this in the future, like the continuation of this story. But to me, it feels like kind of the beginning of her like empowerment. Like, it's very clear that they did it. Right. Oh, yeah. And so now they show up when she's super vulnerable and, you know, upset about what happened, but they're kind of like, oh, of course it wasn't us, wink, wink. So anyway, you want to come? <laughs> right? You know, it's like kind of appealing to her, maybe, uh, inner, inner nature. Yeah. 
that she doesn't even know is there yet. So he says, it's going to be six months. You'll be back before your sister gives birth, which he had no way of knowing about. But he says he's they're very thorough in their recruitment process. Yeah. Um, she wants Rachel to just come with them, and he says, no, she can't. We're pretty remote. And she wouldn't have access to the treatment she needs, because we're not quite in Portland. Not quite in Portland. Uh, so yeah, that's the, uh, that's the offer from Mr. Alpert, is she just needs to come for six months, and it's gonna be this great opportunity, and she's gonna have all this freedom to research as she wants. But... It kind of seems like that wasn't true, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, it doesn't kind of. We know factually it's not. I mean, yeah. unless, and, I mean, obviously, okay. So there's the whole thing we've talked about before about time dilation. And is time on the island the same as time on land? Okay. But yeah. we know for a fact, when she says later, yeah, she's been there for three years, two months, and 28 days. Yeah. So that's a, that's. By my by my math, <laughs> let me check. That's longer than six months. Yeah. So that uh, either they lied or there's something else going on with how they count time. Yeah. Compared to the real world. We'll find out. Well, not in this episode, but we'll find out. <laughs> so we will find out if there's time dilation. Is that what you're saying? We'll find out a lot of things. About time dilation. I am. Specifically. Marshall, we will find out a lot of things. That's literally all I can tell you. That's not helpful. Okay. I assume there's something to do with that. That's not a surprise. But, so yeah, she's been there for a lot longer than initially promised. And that comes into play later with yep. the surgery. Well, let's dive right in. Just like he island. dived into his kidney sack. Hey, there we go. Hey! So, on the island, present day, we see Jack's little stunt with the walkie-talkies and the kidney sack slicing and whatnot from Juliet's perspective and we we see what happens with Kate and Sawyer being released but I think I forgot to mention this last episode because we were kind of poking fun the last episode was the Kate one yep we were kind of poking fun the whole time about how goofy it was but it really seemed like Sawyer was going to die in that episode or at the beginning of this one I know that I've kind of made it clear what a beloved character he was, so that probably didn't even cross your radar. Nope, it did not. But let me tell you, when this show first aired, there was a fucking panic. People <laughs> were like, whoa, oh my god, he's gonna die. Please no, please no. No, I did not think Sawyer was gonna die. And I remember feeling the same way too the first time I saw it. Like, I really thought that he might die in that scene. I Especially think... because he very recently got to have sex with a woman he loved, and that's kind of a thing that happens on this show. It's like you have. Well, it's like any horror movie. The first people to bone die. Yeah. Right. So anyway, boy, it was. People were breathing a sigh of relief when he got away. So they they escape. Uh, Sawyer takes a takes a minute to electrocute Pickett first, with the little bear cage, setup. And I am. I, I know why they didn't do it, but if I if I if I had been them, I would have executed both of them once once they once they like got weapons from them you would have just i mean realistically you would have just killed both of them instead of leaving them there because they got out right i mean it makes no sense to not just dispose of them to i'm sorry pick it and the other guy oh you're saying sawyer should have killed them both 
realistically, he would have put, yeah, he would have executed them both once he got the weapon. But I know yeah. why he didn't, because it, it was important later. But there's no reason besides story right. uh, that you wouldn't have just wasted both of them and left them there. Yeah. I mean, I honestly don't think that would have occurred to Sawyer. Kate, maybe, but not... I mean, Kate, yes, would have. But given the fact that Sawyer later in the episode is, like, shocked that Kate was considering actually shooting Aldo in the leg, right? He seems, like, genuinely shocked by it. Well, that's different. Like, shooting somebody to torture them is different than just summarily killing somebody. Yeah, sure. But it's also, I mean... It's not something that's going to occur to, like, the average person. <laughs> Is it not? Okay. No, Marshall. Fucking okay, killing hey, people when... No. You are a You have been... In, okay. Are we really gonna... <laughs> I'm not talking about you walk down the street and find a gun and murder somebody. I'm talking about you've been imprisoned and tortured and held as a hostage and you finally get a chance to, to turn the tables on your captors. Are you telling me you are, the first thought isn't immediately, I am going to waste these fuckers? N- no. Okay, well, here we are. <laughs> different strokes for different folks, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, my first thought would be doing what they're doing, which is just get away as quickly as possible. I, it wouldn't even occur to me to, like, especially once they're unarmed and unconscious, to, to then kill them. I would just run away, I think. But I don't know. <laughs> well... Um, <laughs> I I would assume that's what the average individual would do. Would be just I don't away. know about that, but you know what? We'll just uh, you know, like I said, people approach situations differently. <laughs> I think maybe when the when the tables turn, you might feel a little differently after going through that amount of trauma. You might want to uh, level the playing field. It's possible. I hopefully we'll never have to know. No. Uh, agreed (laughs) so anyway they run away they don't shoot anybody they just run away Juliet calmly turns to Tom and says to get Austin and Ford back Uh, Jack is super pissed he's like no no don't do it I'm gonna kill him I'm gonna let him die and Juliet just turns to him and says no Jack you won't she says go get them back and if you have to kill them so she is not happy with Jack yep he did not follow the plan. <laughs> no, he did not. Because he was just supposed to kill Ben without saying anything. He was supposed to make it look like an accident. It was yes. going to be a tragic accident. Without using it as leverage. Prevent. Yeah, right. But instead, he immediately is like, I will kill this man. Give me what I want. Yep. So yeah, she's pissed. And she... Very clearly does not believe that Jack is capable of just letting someone die. Which, I mean, is pretty accurate, right? So that, uh, according to our information thus far... Pretty pretty good read of his character, yeah. So she's, like, over his shit. She tells Jack that his plan won't work because they're on a second island. So they can't just run to their beach. She says, why don't we see if we can come up with some kind of peaceful resolution... Jack flies off the handle and tells Tom that this whole thing was her idea. She says he's lying, and Tom tells her to leave. He says, you can't stitch him up, so you don't need to be here. And on her way out, she says, don't let him fool you. He will never just let a patient die. Yep. So, what do you think is happening here with Juliet? Obviously, she's pissed because he didn't follow the plan. Well, I think she's trying to do damage control. 
to a certain extent. Yeah. So, do you think that she was going to do something like this all along and kind of turn the tables on him? Or is she just pissed? I think she had a contingency plan. Yeah. Based on what we know about her, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't assume that she had gone into this just like, oh, he'll do exactly what I asked him to. Yeah. But given how she reacts in this episode, if he had gone with the plan and it all worked, do you think she actually would have had his back like she said she would? Like, given everything we've learned about in this episode and who she was before and Probably her not. motivations. I don't think so. No? No. I think she was... Like, I I feel like I've talked about it before in the different episodes where where she... It feels like she's also trying to orchestrate things and there's, like, a, a power struggle. Yeah. She's, she's not just, like... Obviously, she's got other things... Obviously, she has other things going on, but it's not just that she's trying to be undermining she has like entirely her own plan yeah and she's constantly adapting it to what is going on that's i don't i don't think i think whatever happened she had come up with some kind of alternate option right yeah and i don't think she would have played along with jack yeah to a to a point yeah i think so too kate and sawyer Make it to the beach. They see their island off in the distance. Kate radios Jack and says that they need a way off of the island. So Jack adds it to his list of demands. Yep. There's a shootout and a a fun little jungle chase scene that ends with Alex rescuing them with that fucking slingshot again. Yep. And she leads them to this little, like, trapdoor jungle jungle trap. (laughs) (laughs) Which is kind of cute. I just love Alex. Yeah, I, I do too. I like her character. She she's definitely like a definitely a Deus ex machina quite a bit of the time. Yeah, but, and that's that's it won't always be like that. <laughs> okay, I don't have a problem with that because they've already established that happens in the show. Yeah, but it definitely seems to be her kind of position up until this point. Um, but I do I do like Alex. I also like. They go into like this, you know, like this hidden pit, and it's like, oh, <laughs> here we are reminded that Americans have a really hard time fighting in the jungle. <laughs> <laughs> we, we we lose this one too. Yeah, but anyway, back to Alex for a second. I think that you're on to something with her feeling feeling like that. It's I think it's supposed to where we are right now in the midst of the others. You were supposed to really get a clear understanding of the fact that, like, she can do what she wants. <laughs> yeah, well, that goes back to the chain gang scene where they were breaking yeah. rocks and yeah, stuff. Yeah, she has, like, total free reign in, in, on this island. Yeah. It's like she shows up and starts fucking with people and they're like, Alex, are you doing this again? Like, Exactly, yeah. Like, come on, Alex. Come on, Alex. Stop shooting people in the eyes with rocks. <laughs> Put down the slingshot, little girl. Yeah, now we get to find out why. Is she supposed to be, like, 16? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Back in the OR, Tom asked Jack uh, if he was telling the truth about Juliet and the fact that it was all her plan, and he says yes. And then Ben wakes up. Oh, my God. Yep. And you see the panic in Jack's face. Yes. Which the tables have me, turned back. 
Well, yeah, in that moment, to me, it became very clear that, like, you know, had this episode not turned out the way it did, there's no way he would have let Ben die. You know, like, there's no way. No, I mean, especially once he woke up. I think that he could have, yeah, exactly, like, that's what I mean, when he wakes up and is aware of the fact that he's dying, the look on Jack's face is, like, horrible. Like, he can't do it, you know what I mean? Yeah. He thinks he can, but he can't. So he wakes up and says, somebody please get Juliet. But the the entire time during that interaction, Ben Ben's face is just, he goes back to that, like, knowing smirk. Yeah. It's so fucking, like, the fact that he has the upper hand. Yep. In his current position is wild. It's great. <laughs> it's great for his character. I love it. So Tom calls Juliet back into the OR and she's like, what the fuck do you mean he's awake? And Shepard says he's a spinal surgeon, not an anesthesiologist. That's fair. (laughs) They have that, they have that delineation for a reason. Yep. So we find out that Alex has a boat and she'll let them use it if they help her rescue her boyfriend. And we find out is Carl. Carl. Which I think I accidentally revealed earlier because I thought we already knew that. But... Now we officially know that her boyfriend is Carl. Yes. Who was the guy in the other cage. And it's very funny. I love when Sawyer has a soft spot for somebody. Because he's like, of course she's going to want us to do something. Yeah. To use the boat. And Alex is like, yeah, I need you to help me rescue Carl. uh, Or help me rescue my boyfriend. And he's like, is his name Carl? And she says, yeah. And he's like, all right. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what the name of that trope is, but it's something that shows up in, in different media. But I do like the that that trope specifically. Like, yeah, me too. Uh, like the the hardened person has knowledge, and they're like, "All right, I'll like the yeah, reluctant right. savior, basically." Yeah, exactly. That Sawyer is that character a lot. Yes. And so back in the OR, Ben is awake. He says, "I've been able to hear you for a few minutes now. It's very clever of you, and I should have seen it coming." Yeah, you should have been. <laughs> he asks to speak to Juliet alone, one gentleman to another. Uh, he says, it won't hurt you to give me three minutes, knowing I have only 27 left. Which is very silly, but, I mean, in the context <laughs> of the episode, is true. That he has, yeah. like, such a finite and specific <laughs> amount of time left. Um, it won't hurt you to give me three minutes, knowing I only have 27 left. <laughs> so Jack lets him. He leaves with Tom. Tom tries to introduce himself to Jack. That was so weird. I love Tom. We, we I, li- I love Tom, too. It's just such a strange interaction. Yeah, I mean, he seems to be, like, very high up on the ladder, right? I mean, yeah, he, also, he's Zeke. Sometimes he just seems like a guy. Yeah. <laughs> My name's Tom, by the way. He says Julia and Ben have history. So <laughs> That was such a... That was such a, like, thank you, Tom. Thank you so much for He's your He's trying to be helpful. <laughs> but it's like, they're sitting there talking to each other and hung heads. Like, yeah. it's like, oh, hey, hey, Jack. He, like, nudges him with his elbow. He's like, they have history. They have history. We can't Thank that. you. Thank you, Tom. <laughs> I would not have understood that if you had not enumerated it in such a very obvious uh, fashion. Thank you. We can't hear what they're saying to each other, but we can see that Juliet is crying. And then after the three minutes, she walks out and walks up to Jack and says, 
I would like for you to go back in there, put Ben under, and finish the surgery, and I'm going to help your friends escape. Yep. <laughs> Juliet leaves and uses the cameras to find Kate and Sawyer, and she sees that Alex is with them, and she says, well, hell. <laughs> <laughs> and then they go on their rescue mission for Carl, and who should we see but a guard named But Aldo. Mac! Mac! From It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I was so excited for you to see Mac. I was like, holy shit, it's Rob Becklinney. Because I know how much you love that show. I love that show. It was so funny seeing him in a, like a serious role. Except I still couldn't take him seriously. I was like, oh man. It's like, hey, the, the, they, they hit me in the face. They got inside there. It's just like, oh, Mac, you're so funny. Yeah. Oh, man. Because this was like, I mean, It's Always Sunny has been on for a long time. So I don't know if this is around the same time or like just before, but like. I think this was just before. It must have been just before because It's Always Sunny has been on for, I think, over 15 seasons at this point. I will tell you, like we see him again, but he has a very, very small role. So I think we're only going to see him in like one other episode, maybe. I'm pretty sure that he had this role on the show before It's Always Sunny, and then, like, he wanted to have a bigger role on Lost, but he left, or he didn't because of It's Always Sunny, or something like that. Yeah. I might be completely wrong, but I feel like I read that somewhere, sometime. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that tracks, because it, seeing him like this is, it, he's, like, just kind of like a guy, but, like, the whole thing in It's Always Sunny is he starts off as kind of built, and then he gets really fat. That's like a whole storyline is that Matt gets super fat. Yeah. Uh, but it was so funny seeing as soon as he as soon as his face popped up, I was like, holy shit. It's yeah. Back. God, I was waiting. I was waiting for this episode because I was like, yes, he's going to see him. There were a lot of I mean, this is one I know, like, obviously very well from watching. It's always sunny, but there were a lot of very like uh, recognizable actors Outside of the main group in this episode. Her ex-husband, who I can't remember the Rachel. name of. Rachel, too. I've seen her in a lot of other stuff. Rachel, and then uh, Albert, Mr. Albert. Yeah. And then uh, Aldo. The funny thing about Aldo is I watched Lost before I ever saw It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. So to me, when I saw It's Always Sunny, I was like, oh my god, it's Aldo! <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's... It, 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 it's fun to think about, like, if, if I had been in a flip situation where I hadn't seen Mac a million times. Yeah. And I had, like, oh, hey, it's it's the guard that got right yeah, exactly. in the face. <laughs> that, that random guy from Lost. I was like, no, don't hurt Mac. <laughs> Leave Mac alone. So anyway, they pull the, um, the Wookiee prisoner gag on, uh, <laughs> on Aldo. He says... We have a big reveal in this scene. He says, Alex, you're not supposed to be here. If your dad finds out, he's going to kill me. Mm-hmm. And she says, maybe you should call him. And then he tries to call her dad, Ben. Ben. Her dad, Ben. And suddenly it all makes sense. Why she gets away with all the shit. Yep. So he was on... So wait, so that means he was on the... Tell me what it means. He was on the exploration ship with uh rousseau right that's what that means because didn't she say right am i crazy you're not crazy keep keep talking tell me what it means because there's she talks very, about there's very little i can help you with here because she she talks about having the child does she mention the father being 
on the exploration? Yes. Okay. She says that he got sick and she killed him. Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> she says that the others took her baby. The others took her baby. And she had to kill everyone on the expedition. Right. Right. Oh, right. So it could it could be that he's faking it. But I do kind of like the possibility that Yeah, he so is. so the the kind of obvious possibilities are either he, you know, they took her as a baby, which is something we've been told by Rousseau, and then he raised her as his daughter. Or it's also possible that we know that Rousseau isn't exactly a reliable narrator. Right. So it's possible that he's actually her father and some crazy shit happened with Rousseau and she doesn't quite remember things the way they really happened. Well, we also know that death is different here to a certain extent. True. Yes. So it, yeah, I don't really know where to go with that, but <laughs> it's not, it's not, it's not conventional death, I guess. That's yeah. Okay. True. He said he he said he was born on the island. Maybe he was reborn on the island. Yeah, oh, boy. Because that's another thing. Ben says he was born on the island. So, if he was part of Rousseau's expedition, that kind of confuses that a little bit, right? Right. Unless he was born on the island, left, and came back on her expedition, which is also very possible. There's a lot of possibilities. Basically, there's a lot. There's a lot, and I don't know what to say. But the two big categories of possibilities are either, you know, they stole her and Ben raised her as his own, or something weird about Russo's story not being true. <laughs> Those are the two. Ah! But there's so many different things it could be within that second category that it would take a very long time to go through all of them. But you said your your gut is saying that maybe there's something fishy going on, and like he is actually her father. Ah, uh, God. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it, it could be, like you said, it could be any number of, number of things, but I, I, I do think the, the fact that we know that there's, or not, we don't know, but there's a very powerful impetus to assume that there is some kind of time dilation going on on this island, that it's possible for all of those things to be true. It's possible okay. for him to be born on the island, it's okay. possible for him to be her dad. Okay. And it's possible for him to have been on the expedition. Okay. That's true. They're all possible. We will will <laughs> learn more. Find out. Okay. <laughs> Let's see. Is she actually 16 or is she a different age? She's 16, yeah. Okay. Kate. Let's see. We, we find out. Kate does the whole thing where she's going to shoot him. She's like, give me the gun. I'll shoot him in the leg. He says Carl is being held in room 23. Yeah, a number. A number. And isn't it also something... Hold on. It's been a very long time since number I've seen this. Number of chromosomes a person no. has? I mean, that is hold on. it, right? You have 23 pairs of chromosomes? That's not what I'm... Hold on. Ooh, that's an interesting development. I didn't realize that. I never thought of that. But you had, you do have 23 pairs of chromosomes. I feel like, okay, okay, sorry. So, this whole Room 23 thing, does it remind you of anything? In the show or outside of the show? Anything outside of the show. Yeah, like a Clockwork Orange. Yes, yes, Clockwork Orange. So, I'm not actually sure if I'm making this up or not, 
and I can't find it anywhere, but I'm pretty sure the the room is also room 23 in Clockwork Orange, I think. Hmm. I mean, it might not be called room 23, but like on the door it says 23 or something. I've read the book, I have not seen the movie, but... Okay. I've seen the movie and not read the book, so I don't know if it's in both, but I think it's in the movie. Anyway, that but took yeah, me a while, and I couldn't Clockwork Orange it. and <laughs> everything based on that afterwards, like... yes. Yeah. Also, so I looked up a couple different things. Like God, it says God loves you as He loved Jacob. Is yeah. That okay. Jacob is the father of the twelve tribes of Israel, right? Yes. Okay. Doesn't he wrestle with God at some point? In that a yes. thing? Okay. Yes. Yeah. Jacob was the son of Esau. I don't know about that. <laughs> okay. I know he was. The is he? Pre, he's pre Abraham, right? Because Abraham no. is no, he's post Abraham. He's I think he's the grandson of Abraham, right? Because Abraham had Esau, and who was the one he took to the top to sacrifice? Isaac. Isaac. Right? Oh God. Right, right, right. Getting right. into shaky territory here. That is. Correct. I'm like sixty percent confident about these answers. And I'm not sure if that was his first son or one of his later ones. Anyways. Abraham had, I mean, they all had a shitload of kids, right? That was the whole thing in the Bible. They yes. Had, they all had a shitload of kids. And there was like whole chapters dedicated to lineages. But Jacob is a direct descendant of Abraham, and he is the father yes. of the 12, I mean, the 12 tribes of Israel. Yes. Which so, are represented so, by his 12 children. Yes. And God loves you as he loved Jacob. As he loved Jacob. Yeah. So, boy, there's all kinds of other stuff. Uh, we are the We are the creators of our own... Des, uh, Mistakes? No, suffering? Our own suffering? Wait, what is this we're, we're the source of our own suffering, something like that? Yeah, something like that. We are the causes of our own suffering. We are the causes is. of our own suffering. What were the other phrases? Do you remember? Um, the, thir- the big three were we're the causes of our own suffering, God loves you as he, he loves love Jacob, Jacob, and think about your life. Think about your life. Okay. Well, that last one's not super helpful, but yeah. God loves you as he loves Jacob. <sighs> So big, like, kind of, you know, I guess obvious isn't the word, but kind of big things about Jacob that we could assume the audience knows if they know anything about Jacob. Right. Like you said, father of the Israelites, his he, God, his name becomes Israel. Yes. God loves he was he loved Jacob. He's he is chosen by God to be the father of the Israelites, and. He has a, a twin brother who was significantly not chosen by God. Right. Is that is that where they get all the, like, mud people stuff from, right? Is that Esau? Where it's like the, yeah. you have the 12 tribes and then everyone else is, is yeah. forsaken. Yeah. yeah, basically, yeah. So, those are kind of the big, you know, if we're thinking about what this phrase might mean. God loves you as he loves Jacob. Oh, which means he... Ooh, because that implies that there's uh, there's others that he doesn't love and that are like exactly. maybe the rest of the world, yes. maybe or, or some the other delineation. Of, the concept of like chosen chosen, chosen yeah. people, right? That's kind of the big thing that jumps out to me, at least like from my and I have to get a little careful about how much I talk about, but I think it's safe to say like. Even in the first watching, that that's what jumps out, just given what I knew about Jacob. Yeah. Um, the biblical Jacob. There's going to be a lot to discuss in the future. <laughs> a 
What other directly biblical besides Ben, obviously. I'm trying to think of other Juliet's not one. I'm trying to think there's have there been others that were like directly No, we've had a lot of philosophers Yes, yes names. Right. But I I don't think so. Jacob is the first one that's like supposed to be right on the nose yeah on the nose like that. so yeah. so on the nose that it's not even on the nose anymore this right <laughs> what it is yeah okay yeah i uh yeah I, I i really tried to slow that down or like kind of figure out what's going on there like really pay attention yeah but yeah it was definitely like clockwork orange you know reprogramming maybe kind of thing that's what it felt like oh yeah it's definitely some kind of like brainwashing Rude. Or like this is where you <laughs> go if you're not following. If you're if you're straying from the yeah yeah exactly. Which hold that thought. I think we've had mention of someone else being there. Well, okay, I'm gonna go ahead and tell you. This was something that was in like a little short webisode that wasn't actually in a main episode of Lost. Okay. But it is mentioned that Walt was held in room 23. Oh. Okay. And that he did something, basically. And this and is not mentioned in this TV series. No, this is like an extra content. The only thing that is mentioned specifically in the show about Walt being in it is the episode three minutes where Michael gets to talk to Walt, Mrs. Clue threatens to put him in the room again. And they don't say room 23, right. but she threatens to put him in the room again. Okay. Which I wouldn't expect you to remember because that was so long ago. But that's supposed to be this room, and he gets really scared when she mentions it. Yeah, I would too, if this was the threat. Jesus. So yeah, there's a there's a short webisode, I think, where we see that Walt is held in the room, and it just kind of reveals that the others are, like, afraid of Walt and what he can do. Okay. And Walt ends up killing a bunch of birds, basically. Just like he did in his episode, right, yeah. where the bird crashes into the window. Anyway, I can't find the specifics of it for some reason. It's another thing that I vaguely remember and then can't find. <laughs> gotcha. So, anyway, all that long tangent is to say Walt has been held in this room before, too. Do we know the Carl's full name? No. Just it's not, Carl. It's not Carl Marx, is it? <laughs> be another philosopher. No. That wouldn't be a little too on the nose. Because <laughs> nobody knows who John Locke is. Also, what? A, uh, okay, fine. Okay, that's fair. Never mind. I guess it would fit. No, but it'd definitely get people butthurt about, like, are you talking about Mac Digging? What a What a hefty name for that character specifically, though. <laughs> Look, nope. it's it's your boyfriend, Carl Marx. Carl, that would Carl be weird. Just... <laughs> Actually, you know what? That would be weird. You're Carl right. Carl is that... just Carl. They call us just Carl, not Carl. <laughs> Carl okay. Anyway, whoo, boy. Juliet tells uh, Pickett catches up to them, and Juliet tells him that Ben wants Kate and Sawyer to be released, and he's like, "Yeah, right, okay." And she's like, "No, seriously." He woke up and he told me that during the surgery, and Pickett's like, "Yeah, okay." <laughs> yeah. So he runs off to chase them, and then. Oh, at some point in this, oh, here we go, in this next scene, there's an actual complication in the surgery that Jack yeah. didn't do on purpose. 
Jack makes is, a whoopsie doodle. Yeah, he's with chatting the with, with Tom, and I don't know if you caught this, but he says, you know, this is such a complicated operation. And he says, why didn't you just take Ben off the island for this? And Tom starts to say, ever since the sky turned purple, but then something happens in yeah. the surgery, and Jack gets distracted. So this has been this has happened before. Someone has they mention. Or they get cut off talking about how communications are down. Ever since the sky turned purple, things are not working the way they should. Which has been mentioned a couple of times now, but it's always somebody saying it in the background and they get cut off while they're saying it. But it seems to be like he was about to say, ever since the sky turned purple, maybe we can't leave, Can't leave anymore, yeah. Yeah, which is very significant given that Ben has made some promises. To Juliet. Yeah, and also Jack, remember? Yeah, also Jack. To uh to get Jack to agree to doing the surgery, he said he well, he says he would let him leave the island. Which right? is kinda like you know, like Which well, we now know he's on a second island. Yeah, it's so like a ge- ben it's might... like a genie granting a wish. Yeah, you know? Ben's it's gonna like... let him leave this island. But he's not going to let him go home, it seems like. Or maybe he can't let him go home ever since the sky turned purple. Unless you leave the island and you could go drown. Yeah. Yeah. So Pickett catches up to Kate and Sawyer as they're getting Carl into a boat. He starts shooting at them. And then Juliet shoots him. Oh, yeah. Which is big. Juliet shoots him. She, she, she ends him. Yeah, she, she doesn't just shoot him. him. She like she she puts the she shoots until the threat stops, as I say. So Juliet seems to have changed significantly in the last three years, two months, and twenty eight days. I'll say that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> she tells them they need to go, but Alex has to stay. Um, she says, otherwise, when Carl wakes up, something. She says the only way he'll let Carl live is if you're here when he wakes up. Right, 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 right. So somehow he knows when Carl's going to wake up. No, no, no. No, 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 no. When he wakes Sorry, up. Sorry, when Ben surgery. wakes up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that, I... <laughs> gotcha. It wasn't anything that crazy. Okay. So Kate radios Jack and tells him the story that he should be supposed to tell him. And I know that you don't give a shit, but it you can really feel how much these two people love each other in this scene. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. It's very good acting. <laughs> it's sure. so, like, intimate is the only word that I can think of, honestly. It's so intimate that, like, Juliet and Sawyer seem uncomfortable to have to be there listening to it. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, they... I was also uncomfortable being Yeah, yeah, yeah whatever. <laughs> As someone who likes Kate and Jack, you can feel how connected these two people are in this scene. Could you feel it? And I, I calling, won't make you talk about it anymore, but I'm calling just Calling in the air tonight, <laughs> perhaps? Oh my god. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> I could feel it calling in the air tonight. What? Is it coming or calling? Oh, well, coming works. Oh my god. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Anyway, I knew that I couldn't get through that without you making fun of me, but... Wow. It has okay. to be noted 
that it's true they have a palpal connection and you can feel it in this scene. And then Jack makes Kate promise that he will never come back here. I mean, that, that she, she will never will come never back. That she will come never back come back here. back here. Never come back here for me. Don't come back here for me. And then he turns off the walkie-talkie. Or he has Tom do it for him. He has Tom do it. <laughs> and then they get in their boat and they paddle away and Kate has a look on her face that's like, yeah, right. <laughs> what is the name of that type of boat? I can't remember. I do not know. It's it's not a catamaran, because a catamaran has two eagle-sized holes, but anyways, it's a specific type of, like, seafaring kayak, because it has more stability. Uh, it's very cool, though. I like I like those boats. Yeah. But yeah, it was like, because uh, we started the episode with last time on Lost, and, you know, like, damn it, Kate, run! Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. oh yeah, damn it, Kate, run! At damn the it, this, Kate, it's run! Like, Don't come back for me, Kate! Yeah. Leave me to die. Jack finishes the operation on Ben. He says, so what? Now I just have to go back to my cell. And Juliet says, until they figure out what to do with you. He asks her what Ben said to her. And he says, after everything I've been through, you owe me an answer. And at the end of the episode, her answer is, I've been on this island for three years, two months, and 28 days. He said that if I let him live and I helped you, that he would finally let me go home. Which, I don't know about you, but for me, just, like, completely recontextualizes everything that we know about her up to this point. Like, yeah, the, it, the it also justifies a lot of her actions. Justify, yes, yes. But I mean, like, her motivation is just, I want to go home. Yeah, I want to leave. Which puts her a lot more aligned with our group than it does. Yes, correct. With Ben's group. Yes. So even also, if... I didn't, I didn't take the time to do it, but because I know it means nothing now, and it's a total waste of time. Oh and my I'm god! I'm an idiot for doing it. But three years, two months, twenty-eight days this is thirty-eight months, twenty-eight days. I don't know. If that means anything. That's forty-two minus four. That's one of the one of the numbers and one of the other numbers. <laughs> just in case anybody was curious about it uh, that's great Marshall <laughs> god uh, is that period of time uh, being serious is that period of time significant at all it means so now that we know if she's been here for that long that's about the same time that Desmond ended up on the island that's is that like how only... long it's been since 9-11 or something oh in terms of that no I don't think so it's the only thing that we have context for that was about three years ago was Desmond arriving on the island. So, but I don't need to remember this data. Point. I mean, the fact that she's been on the island for three years and she wants to go home. Yeah, that's that's easy, but not the three years, two months, 28 days. No, 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 that's not... No. They also kind of flub that a little bit in later episodes, continuity-wise. Well, who can remember? <laughs> so, no, the Maybe, three years I, is I did. But... I did. When I thought about that number, I was like, I wonder if there's a leap year in there, because that would change the cumulative number of days. <laughs> oh my god! Because it would be 366 instead of 365, if we'll it was a know. leap year. Or, okay, anyways, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I was so prepared. I guess you could find out. Smart. Wait, what year is this? 2006? It would contain a leap year, if that was the case. Yeah. Well, there 2004. you go. Throws there off you your go. whole theory. No, it doesn't. It just means that I have to recalculate the numbers. 
<laughs> I'll find out what they mean. <laughs> so anyway, Ben's promise to her was that she could go home. But we kind of feel like Juliet maybe she home. can't go home ever since the sky turned purple. So it that's certainly a fun thing to means think about. something. Yeah. Yeah. Did that sever their connection with the regular timeline? Or are they now adrift in time space? Ooh, that's fun. We'll find out. Oh, okay. I can't. I mean, I can't tell you, but we're gonna find out what happened. Let's see. Shoot. No, oh, you distracted me by saying that. That's because it was such a good guess. <laughs> oh, I was gonna say it's gonna be fun to find out how Juliet might react once she learns that maybe she's not actually gonna be able to go home. Oh yeah, maybe she might regret saving Ben, or maybe might re. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, reorient her uh, kind of objectives, so to speak. Yep. Sure thing, dude. Was that it? Was that the whole episode? I think it was. Oh, 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 oh. The other thing I wanted to mention with that, if if we are assuming that what Tom was going to say was, ever since the sky turned purple, we can't leave, right? It seems right. like that's what he was going to say. Because he says it in response to Jack saying, why didn't you just take Ben off island for the operation, right? Right. Which means, if that's what he was going to say, that's a pretty big piece of information that Juliet seemingly doesn't know. Because obviously... Oh, that's true. She would have no motivation to help Ben if she knew that there was no way for her to go home. I think she would just turn into a complete, like, rogue agent, right? Yeah. She's doing this with the assumption that she will get to go home, which means maybe she's not as high up on the leadership rung as we thought, right? Right, because Tom knows. Right, which, I mean, Tom is pretty high up, and up until this point it seemed like they were probably equals, but maybe Tom is actually higher up than she is. But he, he always came across to me like muscle, kind of, you know what I mean? Like an enforcer yeah. to some extent. but I mean, he's much more, much more significant than, like, Pickett, right? Oh, for sure. One possible interpretation is maybe, you know, Ben presumably knows how much Juliet wants to go home. Maybe Tom, we were talking about before the possibility of, like, people who are born on the island, right? People who are from the island versus people who are, like, recruited. Right. Maybe Tom is more like Ben, and he's either from the island or just he is truly loyal and doesn't want to leave, right? So he gets to have the knowledge. That he's not trying not to go anywhere. Yeah, he's not trying to leave, so he's not upset by the fact that we can't leave anymore, right? Whereas somebody on Juliet's tier maybe isn't allowed to know that because she might lose her shit. Mm. We'll find out if she does. So anyway, just food for thought. I don't know if so you Tom, thought Tom, that. Tom has gone clear and Juliet has not, is what we're saying. Yes. Tom, Tom is, is further up the bridge. <laughs> to he's me, getting personally... Learn, he's getting to learn about Xenu and uh, <laughs> Juliet has not learned about Xenu yet. <laughs> from, from this episode, that is the impression that i get and earlier in this episode tom is kind of bossing juliet around right yeah like he tells her that she has to leave and whatnot he seems to have the authority to do that so maybe it's this episode has revealed tom as a little bit more of a big player than we thought i like that i like i like tom i like tom too i like tom because of the line my name's tom by the way (laughs) (laughs) i just like tom because i recognize his like i like the actor that plays him, and I like kind of his, the energy he brings to it, because he's, he's, he's like, 
obviously he's more important than I thought he was, but he doesn't have the same kind of energy that Ben has, which is like kind of openly hostile, but right. very self-assured. Yeah. Whereas Tom is mostly, I don't know if chill's the right word. He's definitely more chill than Ben. Perhaps Tom really thinks that the others are good people. Eh? <laughs> eh? A true believer. A true... <laughs> Welcome, true believer. <laughs> well, anyway, we, uh, we've we got to wrap this up. That's all are that I think are we gonna I find? Say. Are we going to find out if Tom is a... Oh, maybe Tom is Ben from the future. Maybe. Yeah, no, that's not. <laughs> that's maybe. nothing. That's nothing. That's absolutely nothing. I just wanted to say it because... If, if you wanted to say. yeah 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 um maybe that's not in portland i do have some fun facts really quick good entertain me with these fun facts maybe i just have one hold on oh i already oh. told you some of them throughout the episode entertain the only me one with I didn't... this fun fact <laughs> the fun fact the only one i did not mention already was a little bitty easter egg in the beginning or in the middle <laughs> hold on at some point in the episode <laughs> when <laughs> we see rachel's privacy test is Made by Widmore Labs. Oh, okay. There cool. he is again. There he is. That old fuck. <laughs> and then all the Room 23 stuff that we already talked about. Okay. And none of the numerology stuff. That's well, not you, fun. You covered that None part. of that is fun. You did a great job covering that part, Marshall. Mm -hmm. I can't believe I spent time on that. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's okay. I gotta stop doing that. I gotta stop. I had... Looking at numbers and thinking it's something. Well, I mean, no, you can do that. There's numbers in the show. No, but not the numerology stuff. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh... Is there ever going to be a point where there's a name where the numerology matters? Yes and no. That means nothing. <laughs> that's all I can say. That is... That... I... That's less useful than what I knew ten I'm seconds sorry. ago. Well, I'm trying to say it's not that it's not important. So keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> you're doing great. Don't give up. That's, that's good. So next time when, when you're like, you're insane, I could be like, you told me to not. Yes. Stop you know what? You it. can. You can. Okay. Next time I try to shit on you for doing it. Okay. Good. Good. I will keep that in mind. Um, let's see. You're on notice. We had some, <laughs> <laughs> we had some people reach out on social media. Cool. A couple weeks ago, Julia on Instagram, she commented on one of our episodes, and she said she gives me a gold medal for, in her opinion, Marshall, I do a very good job of not reacting when you say something that's very correct. Oh, okay. I thought you were about to say very dumb. <laughs> no, 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 no. So, obviously, I can't share anything that you've said that's been very correct, but if you get very close to something... In her opinion, at least, thank you very much. I do a good job of being like, oh, okay, yeah, sure. I, I, to be clear, I, I, I think it's maybe been a very since like the first couple episodes of season one where I was able to elicit a reaction based on that from you. The That's times that you react are when I say something that's so fucking irrelevant <laughs> and out in left field. Yeah. That it's insane, and you're like, oh, yeah, that's really good. You should keep that. And that's where I know <laughs> that it's nothing. But you have not, since, I don't even know, 
if it's been the whole time, but at least since like the first maybe three or four episodes, you've been able to keep a very good poker voice, so to Thank speak. Thank you very much. I appreciate so, that. I will give you I will give you that. It's not you don't reveal things. You reveal when you're like, wow, that is, is one of the dumbest <laughs> yeah. shit I've heard. <laughs> well, I would never say that. No. Not not to my face. <laughs> no, never. <laughs> we also had Longtime listener, Amanda, my sister, always faithfully comments, and I love that so much. And she just kind of agreed with what I was saying a couple episodes ago. We were talking about Echo and how his whole, like, little piece of paper that's like, I'm a priest, wouldn't mean anything <laughs> to anyone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and wouldn't actually allow him to... Any kind of reasonable person <laughs> would yeah. question that. Especially not an organization as bureaucratic as the Catholic Church. Yeah. So, anyway. Yeah, I think that's it. Thanks, everybody, for reaching out on social media. We are on Twitter at Jungle of Mystery. And we are on Instagram at Jungle of Mystery Pod. And we have an email, which is jungleofmysterypod at gmail.com. Yep. And if you would like to continue to listen to the podcast, uh, listen for like the next two or three minutes. It should be over by the end of that but if you want to listen uh-huh. to the other stuff <laughs> uh, <laughs> if you want to listen to the other ones we're on spotify uh we are on google Podcasts, apple Podcasts, stitcher and the other ones all of them mostly spotify but if you want to listen to all the ones i'm not going to stop you because it's it's fine i don't i'm not <laughs> i'm not particular just listen we won't to be it. mad it's great we're we're approaching five thousand plays that's very Which exciting. Is fucking nuts. We're over sixty listeners an episode. It's that's bizarre. Yeah. Thank you for listening. I'm glad you enjoy this. <laughs> the next episode is called Flashes Before Your Eyes. Who's it gonna be? Who's <sighs> Okay, well Flashes Before Your Eyes. Um Ben. Alright. Ben, well, we'll find out next week. And until what then, was what was oh. Benj- Benjamin's thing in the Bible? What was his his shtick? Who's one of the? Is that one of the twelve tribes? Who's one of the guys? Is there a Benjamin tribe, or is that something else? That is something I would have to ask Google. <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel so. <laughs> I, I like that the. Uh, that we run into some things that we both have the same amount of information on, even yeah. though we have very disparate religious <laughs> commitments at this very moment. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Benjamin. <laughs> hey, Google. What What did Benjamin um, do? No, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. He's one of the sons of Jacob. Okay. Okay. Hey, that's got to be something. God it's... loves you like you love Jacob. Hey, Benjamin hey, is the guy. There you go. Linus got... is from Peanuts. He... he was the youngest son of Jacob. Oh, the freshest of the tribes. That's something, I guess. I'll do. <laughs> I'll do some. I'll do some more Google foo and 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 re- remind myself of the time I spent as a Bible scholar when I was a teenager. <laughs> All right. Well. Auf Zane. Next week, flashes before your eyes. Until until we meet again, I'll see you in another life, brother. <laughs>
Let's keep it fun. Let's keep it light. Sorry. We're, yep. lost. We're not, not Vietnam anymore. <laughs>